Chinadapi suni chena, Turor iva sahishnuna, Amanina manadena, Kirtaniya sadahari. Hare nama, Hare nama, Hare nama vikivalam, Kalo nastiva, 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 Gatir anyata. I'd like to share with you tonight a portion of the Bhagavad Gita as it is given to us by the founder Acharya of this movement, my spiritual master, His Divine Grace A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. A few days ago, I was thinking, what do I want to study now? Every day, I spend a good few hours studying Prabhupada's books. And just the other day, I said, okay, I finished this particular uh, subject. What do I want to taste now? Because in Prabhupada's books, there are different tastes. If you... Look at the way Prabhupada writes his books. Each book has a particular flavor or taste. And even within one book, you will find different varieties of taste. So I decided I was inspired to review chapter 18, the last chapter of the Bhagavad Gita. And as Prabhupada writes, he says, actually, the Bhagavad Gita is finished in 17 chapters. The 18th chapter is like a summarization or a review of the previous topics. And over the years, what I've done is I've taken the Bhagavad Gita and broken it out into subsections which helps me to comprehend the subject matter better. So there are nine verses in this 18th chapter, which has to do with duty. So if you give me permission, I can continue. So if you give me permission, please say, Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. All right, so... Before we continue, let's all raise our hands and repeat after me. Om Namo Bhagavati Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavati Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavati Vasudevaya Thank you very much. So chapter 18 has a total of 78 verses. It's the largest chapter in the book. And Srila Prabhupada entitles it, Conclusion, the Perfection of Renunciation. Renunciation is one of the six opulences of God, of Krishna. Aishvarasya Samagrasya Viryasya, Yashasa, Siya, Jnana, Vairagyos, Chaiva, Sanambhaga, Itingana. The Supreme Personality of Godhead 
has six specific opulences, and he has them simultaneously to an unlimited degree. That is why he is called Godhead. So one of them is renunciation. I always make a joke because many people don't understand. So many times I even did it last Sunday. I said, oh yes, Krishna is so renounced, he only married 16,108 wives. And sure enough, one lady, I don't understand that. He only, you had to explain it to me. I don't understand. So this section, verses 40 through 48, has to do with duty. Let's go back now to renunciation. Renunciation, in terms of our situation as human beings, is that we have a tendency to enjoy when actually, by constitution, we are meant to serve. We are not actually the enjoyer. This is explained throughout Bhagavad Gita, the enjoyer. The enjoyer is God. We are meant to be the servant. That is how we enjoy. Not directly enjoying. Our enjoyment is secondary in the sense that if we engage in the service of the real enjoyer, God, then we enjoy. For instance, before we eat, we don't cook and then directly eat. First, we offer it to God. He's the first enjoyer. Now, what happens after we offer the food to Krishna, it becomes Krishnaized, it becomes prasadam. We take the remnants, then we enjoy. We enjoy more that way than if we directly tried to eat ourselves. This is the bhakti principle. Actually, we can't renounce anything because nothing belongs to us. I can't say, oh, I renounce Bill Gates' money. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't yours in the first place. So, according to the Bhagavad Gita, everything belongs to God. Nothing belongs to me or you. No, everything belongs to God. Oh, yes, everyone's entitled to an allowance. Everyone gets a share. But actually, it doesn't belong to us. So renunciation from our perspective means to give up that uh, propensity to want to enjoy separate or independent from God. So let's go now to the section I was studying this section this morning. Today I had a very, very blissful day. The whole day was spent chanting and reading. From 6 o'clock till 9 o'clock, I was chanting and reading Bhagavad Gita. Took some prasadam. Then I drove here. When I got here, he got me a nice room to stay. Therefore, I blessed him. And then I spent several hours chanting 
and reading this 18th chapter of Bhagavad Gita. I'm feeling very, very nice and peaceful and blissful. Okay, duty. Krishna says, there is no being existing here or among the demigods in the higher planetary systems who is free from the modes born of material nature. So the modes of material nature were explained in chapter 14. Everything in this world is governed by these modes of nature. Goodness, passion, and ignorance. And they mix and combine in so many different ways. And each and every one of us and all the things we come in contact with in this world are simply a mixture of these modes of nature. And in this 18th chapter, up until this verse, so for the first 39 verses of this chapter, Krishna was again giving a delineation of how the modes of nature are affecting everything. Your work, your endeavor, determination, the happiness. That was the previous discussion just before this verse was that there's happiness in the mode of goodness, happiness in the mode of passion, happiness in the mode of ignorance. So here Krishna is finishing up. If you are, Krishna is saying, if you live in this material world, then somehow or other you're going to be affected by these modes of material nature. And he says, even the demigods in the higher planetary systems. Then he goes, he continues. Brahmins, Kshatriyas, Vaishyas, and Sudras are distinguished by the qualities born of their own natures in accordance with the material modes O chastiser of the enemy. So that, that applies to us too. We each have a material body, but each of our body is a different combination of these modes of nature. And each body of, we have is unique. And why did I get, why did we get this particular body? I'm sure you ask yourself, why didn't I get a body that looks like Brad Pitt? Why do I look in the mirror and go, Ugh. Yes, because of my karma of my previous life. That's why I have this kind of body. That's why I have this kind of mind. That's why I have so many different kinds of inclinations. There's nobody to blame but myself. In my previous life, I made certain decisions, I acted in certain ways, and that all came out, and I took birth in a particular family, and here I am. For, for better or for worse, here I am. Now we're going, to, we're going to deal with that at the end of this section here, so just put that on pause for now. But this is explained in the Bhagavad Gita that we have a certain kind of body, mind, and set of senses because of our karma, our previous 
actions and decisions in their previous lives. So now, Krishna was saying that these four classes of human beings, they have a nature and there are symptoms of these natures. So he first of all deals with the brahmana, peacefulness, self-control, austerity, purity, tolerance, honesty, knowledge, wisdom, and religiousness. So that's nine qualities. These are the natural qualities by which the Brahmins work. Krishna is not here, he is not condoning the caste system. Not the caste system that is currently going on. Krishna in chapter 4 did mention the caste system. And here he is going into more detail. Someone is known as a Brahmin, Kshatriya, Vaishya, Sudra by the qualities by which they work, not the family they were born in. It's how you act, how one be actually behaves. That is the distinguishing uh, characteristic. Narada Muni said the same thing to Yudhishthir when uh, Shishupal was killed by Krishna with the Sudarshan Chakra at the Rajasuya sacrifice. Yudhishthir turned to Narada Muni and asked him for an explanation of what he just saw. So Narada began to explain Shishupal's history. And then after that, there is a discussion between Yudhishthir and Narada about what is the proper behavior. So in the course of that discussion, Narada pointed out, Yasya Yal Lakshanam Proktam, that something is categorized or judged by its symptoms. How does, and the same thing Krishna is saying here, how does one actually work in a day-to-day life? So here were the nine qualities of a Brahmin. And of them, the last one, astikyam, is the most crucial for a Brahmana. Because what does this mean, astikyam? Prabhupada gives it religiousness. In other places, he goes into a more concrete definition. It means firm faith in God and the Vedas. That's religiousness. Complete faith in God and in the scriptures. Now he goes, Krishna goes to the Kshatriya. Heroism, power, determination, resourcefulness, courage in battle, generosity, leadership. These are the natural qualities of work for the Kshatriyas. So as we go through this description, you should be able to discern for yourself whether you are a Brahmin, Kshatriya, Vaishya, Sudra. Because this is like a checklist. Which, which qualities do I have? 
Which ones do I work at? Then he goes to the next. Farming, cow protection, business trade are the natural work for the Vaishyas. And for the Sudras, there is labor and service to others. Now it may be, if you look deeper in yourself, you may see, well, I have some of that. I got some of that. Now some, a lot of us are kitri, you know. A little bit of Brahmin, a little bit of, a lot of Shudra, it depends. You know, because these modes of nature, especially this is Kali Yuga, everything's mixed up and messed up. Don't get excited. Slow down. Don't get excited. In case somebody's agitated. What? That's all right. Krishna is going to resolve everything. So here, Krishna just gave a summary of the qualities of a Brahman, Kshatriya, Vaishya, and Sudra. Now comes the real thing that's what is called the equalizer. So now Krishna says, by following one's qualities of work, everyone can become perfect. So, if, for instance, just think this, for instance, you were thinking, oh boy, I'm a sudra. That's all right. Krishna is saying here, by following your qualities of work, whether you're a Brahmin, Kshatriya, Vaisa, or Sudra, everyone can become perfect. So it's the equalizer. There's no need to be upset. Oh, this person is higher than me on the social scale. Don't worry about it. Krishna is saying, everyone can become perfect. Now please hear from me how this can be done. So everybody's ears should be perked up. Oh, okay. How can it be done? What do I got to do? Good. He says, by worship of the Lord, who is the source of all beings and who is all pervading, one can attain perfection through performing one's own work. Now let's look because this is the main verse that got me inspired for today. First of all, worship of the Lord. We did that just before we spoke. We had the arati. The pujari was doing the actual worship. But actually, all of you were worshiping. Because even to view the worship is considered worship. But the real worship was the chanting and the dancing. Sankirtan. And why do I say that? Because in this age of Kali, Yajnai Sankirtana Prayaya Yajanti. Here's that word, Yajanti. Worship. Yajanti hi Sumedasa. This word Sumedasa means very intelligent. So according to this statement I just quoted from Srimad Bhagavatam. Those who are really intelligent will worship the Lord by this Sankirtan, the chanting and dancing of the Hare Krishna Mahamantra. Everybody, let's do it together. Hare Krishna, 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 H
It's better when we do it together. I should have done, been more of an orchestra leader. But you'll get another chance. Hold on. So this is the chief means by which we worship the Lord in this day and age. Is this chanting and dancing the holy name of God. Now, Krishna, what I like about Krishna, I've been saying this a lot lately. Krishna is cool. Krishna is the cool God. Because look, he's speaking about himself as if he's in the third person. Just like I was saying how nice you were. You did nice service for me, right? So let's say I'm, I'm going to go home to my wife tomorrow and say, oh, there was this nice devotee, Nitai Gordas, and he got me the key and he set me up. And my wife is going to say, oh, such a nice devotee. So you're going to get blessings from my wife too. So I was be talking about you in the third person. Krishna is saying to Arjuna, by worship of the Lord. Well, already several times Krishna has said, I am the Lord. But Krishna is cool. He says, by worship of the Lord. And Arjuna knows, well, that's you, my Lord. Because already in chapter 11, not chapter, chapter 10, Arjuna was convinced, Parang Brahma, you are the Supreme Lord. So that's what's cool about Krishna. Throughout Bhagavad Gita, he refers to himself as if he's somebody else. But anyone who knows, Krishna is talking about himself. And what is the Lord? What is the definition of God? The source of all beings. That's why we're not God. I'm not the source of you, that's for sure. No. God is that person who is, we even say, even in other religions, God the Father. That's a correct concept. Because that means the source from whom everything is coming. That's another definition of the absolute truth. The source of all that be. And himself has no other source. He is, the buck stops with Krishna. Who is the source of all beings and who is all pervading. Now, according to Bhagavad Gita, Krishna is all-pervading in two different ways. First of all, and I already said, everything we see and touch, who does it belong to? Not Obama? Yes, it belongs to Krishna. Because everything is Krishna's energy. So, I've said this many times. Say I go to your house, and I look at, I see in your house, oh, you got... Then if I start taking things from your house, you're going to think, what kind of devotee this is? No, because if I go to your house, that's your property. I can't go to your house and start, take, I'll, take, I'll take this. I'll, no. So, for a devotee, for a devotee, he sees everything is Krishna's house. Everything is Krishna's property. That's how a devotee sees. Everything belongs to God which is the basis of spiritual communism. That's another lecture, don't worry. Yes, because my father, whom I always have an argument with, he is a staunch Republican. So when I discuss with him that I'm a communist, oh, the horns come out, 
the guns come out blazing. That's why I don't talk. But that's another talk some other time. So the Lord is all-pervading, number one. Everything is his energy. And then number two, which Krishna definitely said at least five times in Bhagavad Gita, that I'm within everyone's heart. And not only is he in everyone's heart, he is within every atom. Actually, the definition of maya is that I think there's some existence where there is no Krishna. That's called illusion. That can't be. Because everything exists only because of Krishna's presence. And he's there within every atom and everything is his energy. So he's all pervading. So Krishna says, if you worship the Lord, then <coughs> you can achieve perfection. By performing your work, then he, he has two more things to say about duty. It is better to engage in one's own occupation, even though one may perform it imperfectly, than to accept another's occupation and perform it perfectly. Duties prescribed according to one's nature are never affected by sinful reactions. Then he finishes up this section. Every endeavor is covered by some fault, just as fire is covered by smoke. Therefore, one should not give up the work born of one's nature, O son of Kunti, even if such work is full of fault because when Bhagavad Gita, when the setting was set, the scene was set in chapter 1, Arjuna did not want to fight the war, even though by nature he's a warrior. And Krishna will mention this later on when he's finishing up. Krishna will say to Arjuna, you want to run away from this battle, but by your very nature, you will eventually be engaged in warfare. You can't help it. It's your nature. We, every one of us has a nature. Self-realization, reading uh, Bhagavad Gita, little by little, it becomes revealed to you what is your nature. And Krishna is saying, don't worry. Everything, whatever you're going to do, there's going to be some fault in this material world. As fire is covered by smoke. So, some people think, oh, Bhagavad Gita teaches that I should uh, give up my work, my job. No. Bhagavad Gita is teaching, do your work, do what you have to do, but... Worship the Supreme Lord and you can become perfect. So, the children, they have a work to do. It's called go to school. Or, what I tell children that I preach to, obey your parents. Now the parents love me, right? 
Yes, and the kids, why, why is he saying that? He was okay up to that point. Why is he saying that? And this is how I explain. That if your parents come to the temple, they're devotees. And how do you think you're going to get Krishna's blessings if you disobey your devotee parents? Hmm? You think Krishna likes that? That's how I explain to the kids. So, children have duties to perform. All right? If you're a husband, you have duties, responsibilities. If you're a wife, if you're a mother, and we all have our jobs that we do, because only a handful are living in the temple. Most of us here in this room are working in the material world to some extent. So Krishna is saying, that's all right. You do your prescribed duty as a Brahman, Kshatriya, Vaishya, Sudra, but worship the Supreme Lord. And as I already pointed out, it's so easy to worship the Supreme Lord in this age of Kali. It is so easy. Everyone should have one of these mystic bags. Because people always, what's in that bag? What do you, when I go to the high schools and colleges, what's in that bag? And I go like this. What's in the bag? My prayer beads. So everyone, no matter what your situation is, Every day should be worshipping the Lord by chanting round on the beads. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama. Everyone should be chanting on their beads every day. And also doing their prescribed duties. Doing their homework, doing their chores, taking care of the family, going to work. Yes, Krishna consciousness is not a lazy philosophy. It is very, very active. We work hard, either in the temple or outside the temple. As, either as a Brahmin, Kshatriya, Vaishya, Sudra. But this chanting has to be done. Now, of course, there is a recommended dosage like medicine. But I want to know right now how many people are not chanting on beads? Who's not? Don't lie because you're in front of God. All right. So if you're not, does the gift shop sell? All right. So tonight, if you don't have these prayer beads, those who don't, should get prayer beads. Now, I recommend for my students, I recommend you start with one round. So, here's 108 beads. On each bead, you chant, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. You do that 108 times, that's one round. So for those who are just starting, I recommend you do one. That means 108 every day without fail. When you become accustomed to that, 
And when you can do it every day without fail, then you double it. You go to two. When you got that down under your belt, double it. Four. The trick is to do it every day. Just like every day you brush your teeth, every day you eat, so every day you should be chanting, worshiping the Lord. And if you do this, just start with one every day without fail, and then gradually double, double, within a year, you'll be doing 16. Guarantee. I have many success stories like that. But the trick is to do it every day. So let's all raise our hands together. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare. All right, do we have any questions? Yes, sir. Yes. Uh, uh, be careful. You may get some enemies here. All right, go ahead, go ahead. I'm just saying. Serving the wife does not make you a sudra. Serving, I serve my wife. Serving the wife makes you happy. Yes, but just that doesn't make you a sudra. Remember, there's one mantra. Happy wife means happy life. I give, I give seminars on that, by the way. I'm going to New Jersey next year on that alone. I told them about that, and they wanted me to do it right away. I said, no, next year when I come. So they're waiting for that. Anyway, let's go on. Yes. And then, you know, your sutra or vesture that you come to the temple, you're grounded. Okay, go ahead. So people also think that just doing worship, they don't need to worship for anything. Well, what can you do? <laughs> so, then here's the solution. Because what did he say? By worship of the Lord, one can attain perfection. So, don't worry about the other thing. Just make sure you worship the Lord. Are you chanting? Uh, good. Every day? Without fail? All right, good. Is it time to double it? Oh, all right. Anyway, you just keep worshiping the Lord. You'll achieve perfection. All right. Very good. More questions? Yes, sir. Both. Because the benefit is immediate. And the benefit also is ultimate. How is it immediate? It's immediate in this way. Because while you're chanting, 
You're not committing any sinful activity. The chanting is purifying you now. The effects are happening now. But the effect is also in the future. Because Lord Chaitanya instructs us that chanting is a waxing moon of auspiciousness. So the chanting is providing for you a future platform of great things to happen in your life. And right at that moment, you are cleansing the heart. So it's win-win. Do you like chanting? Oh, that is wonderful. Because, no, because some people don't like it. It's hard. I, I think, I don't know if it was here, but I gave a, a talk recently that for some, it's just like poison. It's so, ugh, it's so hard. But you take your medicine. Now, if you like it, that's very good. The only thing you got to worry about, there is one thing. Don't take it for granted and don't lose the taste because that can happen. You can lose the taste. You take it for granted, become a little inattentive, commit offenses, then you can lose the taste. And we've seen so many examples. People, they lose their taste and it's hard to get it back, but you can get it back. So, how to not lose it? Keep it, your chanting, as the most important thing you do every day. Today, I did that. I made my chanting. Today, I am going to make this the priority. And immediately, Krishna reciprocates. So if you always keep your chanting the priority of your day, you won't lose your taste. Shall we bless him? Let's bless him. Haribo! Haribo. More questions? Yes, sir. Yeah. Okay, so if you use the word flat, it doesn't mean, hmm? Dry, okay. Mean, yes, that happens to all of us. Everybody experiences that, okay? So, according to, there's a verse by Rupa Goswami that the, we won't taste the sweetness of it because you said dry, that means there's, there's, you're not tasting the sweetness. And that's because we have a disease called ignorance. And it has to do with material attachment and material involvement. It means I'm being affected by the modes of nature. So... Yes, it's true that if it's flat, whatever word you want to use, offense, or I'm too much um, 
implicated in the material world. So let me act in such a way that I extricate myself and get to that tasting platform. And that comes by really seriously, or I like to say, make sure you're spending quality time with your best friend. This is your best friend. And you need to, I need to, we all need to spend quality time. So if I'm pronouncing the syllables nicely, if I'm hearing, if I'm actually paying attention, listening, then you should get the taste very quickly. So I, how should I say, I bless you that, that you will chant nicely, sincerely, with attention. And if you do that, Krishna will give you that. You'll get the taste. My favorite story in this connection is the story of Amoga. During the time of Lord Chaitanya, there was this Brahmana, Amoga, and he was the son-in-law of Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya. Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya had invited Lord Chaitanya to eat at his house. But this Amoga was jealous and envious. And he was what is called a fault finder. A fault finder is somebody that even there in heaven, they'll find some defect. Nah, something wrong here. That even they go to the kingdom of God. Nah, something wrong here. They're never happy. That's a fault finder. Even if they would win the lottery. I, I only won a million? Yeah. So Amoga, I'm sure we all met people like this, right? Maybe they're in the workplace. I've met many of these. So Amoga was a fault finder. So he came when Lord Chaitanya was eating and he made some comment. Oh, look how much he's eating. So Sarvabhoma became very annoyed with his son-in-law and took a stick and chased after him. Get out of here, you rascal. So Amoga fled. And Lord Chaitanya was not disturbed. It didn't bother him. So that night, Amoga got stricken with cholera because he had offended the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And Sarvabhoma and his wife were thinking, good. He offended Lord Chaitanya? Yes. Karma has taken effect. Let him die. Good for him. Let our daughter be a widow. But news was relayed to Lord Chaitanya. Lord Chaitanya, Sarvabhoma's son-in-law is dying of cholera. Lord Chaitanya immediately got up and ran to Amoga's deathbed. Can you imagine? Amoga blasphemed him. And Lord Chaitanya ran to his deathbed and said to Amoga, Amoga, you are the son of a Brahmin. Why are you letting these witches of jealousy and envy sit in your heart? This is not right. Okay, Amoga, if you get up right now and chant the holy name of Krishna, Krishna will un 
unfailingly give you his mercy. He used that word, unfailingly. And Amogad did that. He got up and he started to chant the holy name with sincerity and attention. And he was cured by Lord Chaitanya. So I always remember that. That if I chant, if, we, if any of us chant with sincerity and attention within short time, Krishna will unfailingly give you his mercy. Is that all right? Good enough? Thank you. Jai. Yes, sir. Of course. Yes. Wait, how much is the beads? Of course. Yes, yes, that, of course, Krishna will accept any offering of devotion. I am encouraging the beads because that is the recommended process and you will get there quicker to the goal of perfection. But yes, Everything a devotee does is an act of devotion. Yes, and certainly. I mean, even in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says, whatever you do, whatever you eat, whatever you offer or give away, do it as an offering to me. Of course. How much are the beads? How much? Three. All right. Very good. Parking. Three dollars for it. Go ahead. Spiritual depression. Okay, spiritual depression. Actual spiritual depression is the highest spiritual ecstasy. You and I, we are not on that level. That level of spiritual depression is for those who are on the self-realized platform. Now, there's another kind of depression, which I think the better word would be remorse, where we, and I go through this a lot, where we recognize that I made this mistake, I committed this sin, I made this offense, I am coming short. I, I am not uh, up to standard. So that is good. Now the question is how to use that. Because you should not just wallow in self-pity. 
That's not one of the nine items of devotional service. But it can be an impetus, that feeling of depression or regret, whatever word you want, that feeling should be a catalyst to let me now act properly. It should be, in other words, it should turn into some kind of enthusiasm to execute bhakti. There are six symptoms of pure bhakti. One is to accept everything favorable. So a devotee, no matter what the circumstance, good or bad, uses it as a catalyst. Now let me become more sincere. Now let me become uh, more serious. Not The feelings come and go. You have no control over that. But what do I do with that feeling? Then let me now make a decision. Okay, tomorrow I'm going to get up a little early and I'm really going to try to hear and chant. Or I'm going to really absorb myself in Bhagavad Gita. Or whatever aspect you want to do. It should be something that enthuses you. You like that? Good. More questions? Or am I over time? I got five minutes, right? All right. Last question. Yes. Wait, you already had one. Anybody else before it goes to him? Come on. All right, you get the last question. Prabhupada said 16 rounds minimum. You can do more. But generally, doing 16 is like, all right, just let's do. But if you want to do more, no problemo. Do more. Now, what was the other part of your interesting question? Oh. Very good. Here's the thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. No problem. I got you. I got you, buddy. So, you know that you have achieved the goal because you can't stop chanting. That's when you know. Because it's not a means to an end. This is the means and the end. Yes. It's just like, there's no end to I say to my wife, I love you. It's not that, okay, you said it a thousand times, that's enough. She expects it every day. Am I right, ladies? So, there's no end to love of God, it's going to increase and increase and increase and increase. Sometimes people think, heaven, kingdom of God, oh, that's going to be boring. I'm going to be doing the same thing every day. No. 
It's ever fresh, ever new. It's expanding. It's increasing. It's a thrill at every moment. So, here's the thing. You know that you've achieved perfection in chanting because you can't stop. It's so good. It's too good. I can't stop. Rupa Goswami says, I want a thousand ears. I want a thousand tongues. Then I can really appreciate. For instance, I'm a musician. So when I, before I was a devotee, I used to have speakers, headphones, and I would play that music and I would crank it up, right? So when I'm really chanting, it's like, all right, I want to hear. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. I want to actually hear it. We're just beginning. You have, we haven't really chanted yet. Because if we actually chanted Krishna's names, hairs would stand on end. The throat would choke up. Tears would come out of the eyes. We have yet to begin. We're just practicing. Keep on. Shall we chant one time, everybody? Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama. I love coming to this temple. You're such a great congregation. Please bless me that I can come again. Haribo. Thank you. If anyone's interested, you can take one of my cards. I have a website. There's lots of stuff on my website. Or you can send me an email in case you have a question or you need a blessing. I'm the official blesser of ISKCON. So if you need a blessing, and they're free. The blessings are free. I am the best deal in ISKCON. I, I, you know. Anyway, thank you very much. Please do.